Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice. What will Joe do? That's right, those famous letters WWJD can have multiple meanings in the world. And right now, everybody's wondering what will Biden do now that he is elected, waiting to be sworn in in a few weeks. And uh, what is he going to do on all of the issues we cover here on Criminal Injustice? There'll be so much on his plate, of course, uh, the coronavirus, the crashing economy, you name it. Uh, but we're all looking, if we pay attention to criminal justice on a daily basis, like all the listeners here do and like ultra nerd me does all the time, uh, we're all looking for what he's going to do on issues of policing and prisons and mandatory minimums. Do we have any idea what we might expect on this set of issues. Now, of course, a lot depends on who he picks to lead the Department of Justice. The Attorney General will be an all-important cabinet pick, as will the more subordinate members of that department, the Deputy Attorney General, the person who heads the Civil Rights Division. That'll be extremely important to us. But as I am recording this, we still don't have any idea who those people will be. There's lots of names in the mix, and you can read all the coverage and see all the tweets and look all over the Internet, and you can find those names just like I can. Let's not go there. I think the important thing is to think about the issues, what Biden has talked about, what he can really get done, especially given that the control of the Senate for his first term at least, is very much up in the air. And it will be until the beginning of January when there are those two runoff elections in the state of Georgia. The Democrats would have to win both of those seats in order to have control of the Senate. So if Biden does not have control of the Senate, that is going to constrict his movement and his ability to get things done to a great degree. Uh, and if he does have control, he's going to have a lot more that he can do. But let's, with those things in mind, we don't know who's going to head the DOJ and we don't know about the Senate yet. He will certainly focus on a set of issues that we're all familiar with. What will he do with those issues? Let's think about it. Now, as a caveat, there's a ton of things to do in the justice space, larger than just criminal justice, right? Uh, he's got to restore integrity to the Department of Justice. It's as if the whole place has been looted and ransacked, metaphorically speaking, of course, uh, by the people he's put in charge of that department for his four years in office. He, of course, here is President Trump. Um, so he's got to restore that d department uh, to a great degree so it will have the trust of the American people and the staff that works in it. Uh, more than that, I would say he's got to pay attention to voting rights. I mean, after this campaign, after everything, after the last few years, you just have to pay attention to voting rights. Uh, but there are a whole host of other issues in the criminal area that we're looking to him for for leadership. Uh, you have to remember two things going into it. The feds don't control your local police. They don't. 
All right. They operate under the law of your state. And the only way the feds can get involved in that is if there is federal legislation that appropriates money because the power of the purse can be persuasive to states. Uh, President Biden, when he assumes office, uh, will have the power to issue executive orders. But of course, those really only pertain to federal action. So uh, with that in mind, what should we expect to see on the issues of policing? Uh, Nothing has been more important in the last eight months uh, than issues of policing. What with all the protests in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, Uh, can a President Biden's administration do a lot of things in this area. Well, what could he do? Suppose he wanted to, for instance, outlaw no-knock raids or chokeholds. Well, he can't do it on the local level just by saying so. He can do that for the FBI and the DEA and other federal agencies, but that's it. If he wants to affect local law enforcement, he's going to have to say those billions of dollars that the Department of Justice gives out every year to local police, and it is several billion. Uh, If you want that money, you're going to have to pledge not to do no-knock raids, not to use chokeholds, to have a policy and training against chokeholds. But the thing is, uh, even though that federal money is several billion with a B, it's only 3% of local law enforcement budgets across the country. Now, Some of those departments that take that federal money are very big, have a lot of officers, and are quite influential as sort of trendsetters. But I wouldn't want to overemphasize the power of the purse here. Next thing he could do in the policing area are pattern or practice investigations. We've talked a lot here on criminal injustice about this sort of Department of Justice action pursuant to a federal statute, which, by the way, was that same 1994 crime bill that candidate Biden uh, kept having hung around his neck as an albatross. That bill also contained a little uh, less known piece of law that said the federal government in the Department of Justice may go into a local police department to investigate whether or not there is a pattern or practice of the deprivation of the constitutional rights of citizens. If they find such a pattern or practice, they are free then to go into federal court to take action, legal action, to to pursue a lawsuit to have those uh, practices discontinued. And this is what has led to consent decrees to reform whole police departments across the country. This has existed, like I said, since the mid-90s. Under the Obama administration, they brought more than 20 of these cases for police departments across the country. Trump's administration and Trump's Department of Justice stopped this activity in its tracks. I would fully expect President Biden's administration to revitalize this aspect of DOJ activity, to pump more resources into it. We're going to see quite a few of these uh, pattern of practice investigations and consent decrees going forward. One thing that uh, President Biden has said he will do is that he will serve as the great convener. Now, this is my terminology for it, but he has indicated that he wants to bring together, bring around the big table, law enforcement, black and brown community leaders, and so forth, with the idea that discussion 
and working together is key to coming up with new avenues for reform. I would expect him to try to do this in order to build upon the 2015 uh, President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing that uh, emerged under the Obama administration. Vice President Biden had quite a role in that behind the scenes, and I would expect he's going to try to take that forward. Now, it's anybody's guess how fruitful that is going to be, because there are plenty of people now in the wake of the murder of George Floyd who are saying, look, that is just a failed effort. Nothing ever happened. It didn't fix the problems. We're done with that. We want things like defunding the police and abolishing the police and so forth. So um, I would applaud, frankly, personally, the effort, the possibility of trying to do that. But it is going to face some obstacles that were not there for the original 2015 task force. Uh, that I think uh, are peculiar to this particular moment and maybe for all moments going forward. What else should we expect beyond work in the police sphere? Well, another thing to look at will be juvenile justice. Within the Department of Justice, there is a whole agency called the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Protection. And it does just about what you would think from that title. It sets up programs and goals and funds things at the state level uh, that are designed to protect young people when they're involved in the justice system as juveniles and to keep them out of the system, frankly. There had been a whole set of innovations put in place by the Obama Justice Department uh, that were designed particularly to protect youth of color. The Trump administration uh, appointed uh, some people into this department and basically they took it as their job to dismantle that whole range of new programs and especially those protections for children of color. I'd expect the Biden team to return those programs to status and to reinvest in this department in a big way. People are saying perhaps as much as a billion dollars in juvenile justice programs. What else? The death penalty. Now, we've had a guest here on Criminal Injustice, Brandon Garrett. I believe it was episode 66. I'm just guessing at the number there. And he told us how the death penalty was really dying out across the United States, that it was really a function of just a few counties in a few states. Well, there is also a federal death penalty. We have a federal criminal justice system, and it has a death penalty. And in this last year, and even in this last month of the Trump administration, the Trump administration and the federal DOJ under William Barr, they are doing a fair number of executions in the federal system. Biden has made clear that he's no fan of the federal death penalty. What could he do about it? Well, he could halt executions by putting in place a moratorium, as many state governors have done. Uh, his Justice Department could send out guidance to United States attorneys across the country saying that they can only ask for the death penalty and it will only be approved by the attorney general for the most serious cases. It should not be any kind of a common thing. What about bail reform? Well, bail reform is a state-level issue. As we have discussed here as far back as episode 20 on criminal injustice, the federal system has a uh, 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 has had for a long time a system in place where they don't use money bail. Uh, 
Uh, the presumption is that a person is going to be released based upon uh, community control guidelines and monitoring and so forth. If they are too dangerous to be released, they can be detained pretrial on that basis. And that stood up in the Supreme Court. Most states still use a money bail system. That is, if you are arrested, taken to jail, uh, a judge will set a monetary bail amount to secure your attendance at your court dates. And this is universally looked upon, and with good reason, as simply a system that keeps the poor in jail prior to trial without a guilty verdict, uh, no matter how guilty or innocent they may be, but anybody with resources can get out no matter how guilty they may be. But it does operate at the state level. So what can a Biden administration do? He wants to eliminate cash bail. He said so in his campaign. Um, you could have federal legislation that would pass. And there have been a couple of proposals, one by Bernie Sanders, and one by uh, soon-to-be Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, that would give states grant money to adopt alternatives to bail systems. Uh, but that would take controlling the Senate. Uh, you have to have the votes in order to get federal legislation passed, obviously. Let's take a quick break here. We're talking about what to expect from a Biden administration in the criminal justice sphere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Everyone wants to keep their home and family safe, whether it's from a break-in, a fire, flooding, or a medical emergency. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24/7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get cameras and sensors; you get the best professional monitors in the business. They've got your back day and night, ready to send police, fire. EMTs, whatever you need, when you need them most, straight to your door. Now, when my family had the job of selling our family home after it was empty, we knew we needed a security system we could count on. My brother, the electrician, the guy who's the most tech savvy of all of us, he recommended we go with Simply Safe, and boy, am I glad we did. It was easy, it was affordable, and it was good. It performed and we were safe. Simply Safe protects every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in just 30 minutes. It's really easy. Then Simply Safe's professionals take over, monitoring your home 24/7 and ready to send help the moment they get an alarm. Plus with Simply Safe there's no long-term contract. There are no hidden fees and no installation costs. Right now, my listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/injustice. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com/injustice for your free security camera today. That's simplysafe, S I M P L I S A F E, that's simplysafe.com slash injustice. Hi, 
Hi, Dave Harris here for Criminal Injustice, and we're talking about WWJD. What will Joe do? That is, Joe Biden, when he becomes president, what can he do in the sphere of criminal justice change and reform? Let's pick it up by talking about mandatory minimums. Uh, Senator Joe Biden was a favorite of the mandatory minimum crowd at one point in his career with that 1994 crime bill and with other kinds of anti-crime legislation. He is no fan of mandatory minimums anymore, uh, and he wants to get rid of them. Well, getting rid of them at the federal level will take legislation. So we got to say again, if you don't own the Senate, that's a taller order. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it means it'll take a much bigger push. Now, the Department of Justice can instruct the U.S. attorneys across the country that carry out the day-to-day criminal justice business of the United States. It can instruct them to go for mandatory minimum sentences only in the rarest of circumstances or even not at all. Um, It does not have to pursue those as a matter of course, Uh, but their their leverage is going to be limited because of the way some of those laws are structured. And of course, at the state level, where mandatory minimums still exist, they will have no leverage at all except to pass legislation that holds out grant money to the states says if you can develop a better system without mandatory minimums you're going to get some extra funding and again they got to own the senate for that the president can also use the clemency power that is the power to pardon and the power to commute sentences in mandatory minimum cases where a person has a mandatory minimum of many years or even a life sentence under the federal law an application for clemency can end one of those very long sentences and as we now know the president has plenary power to issue clemency to issue pardons to issue commutations without question but again that's just for the federal system what else is on the biden agenda well think about private prisons before trump became president the obama administration and justice department had banned the use of private prisons said that no more federal criminal defendants would be going to private prisons. I would fully expect Biden to return to that position. He said as much during his campaign. And there are about 14,000 people uh, who are convicted of federal crimes who are in private prisons right now. I expect that would change. And they can do that fairly easily by simply shifting those people back into federally owned prisons. That won't be a stretch. The problem is that most of the private prison use by the federal government is not for criminal convictions. It's for people apprehended by ICE with immigration issues. So even if a President Biden and his Justice Department, even if they ban the use of private prisons for criminal justice purposes, they're still going to have to confront the issue of where you put people apprehended by ICE, people who are detained on immigration violations. Uh, And there's really no easy answer there except to detain fewer of them or build 
federally owned immigration facilities. This is where most of the money has gone uh, for private prison companies. It's gone into immigration detention. So that will force them, as if other things would already not, to confront their immigration options and choices in the bargain with criminal justice. Maybe last but not least, how do you reduce prison populations? Well, that work on mandatory minimums will certainly help. If you stop putting people in for very, very lengthy mandatory minimum sentences, sometimes for life with no possibility of parole as a mandatory minimum, you'll have less people in prison. Uh, But what do you do with the people who are already there? Well, there is that clemency power. You can pardon people. You can commute sentences where that is warranted. Um, You can also attack uh, uh, prison populations on the state level, and that's honestly where most of the prison population is. The federal population gets a lot of attention, but the bulk of the prisoners in this country, they're they're in state prisons, not federal prisons. So again, you've got to have some kind of a legislative based program to pay states to eliminate mandatory minimums, to get people out, to work up alternatives to this kind of thing. This won't be easy simply because the bulk of people sentenced on mandatory minimums are not federal prisoners. That's it. That's a rundown of at least seven areas in which we can ask, what will Joe do? And we can have a pretty good idea of what he'll shoot for. What he can actually accomplish is going to have a ton to do with whether the Democrats end up owning the Senate or not, and some to do with his pick for attorney general. I think anybody he picks, honestly, is going to go for most of these things anyway. So it may not matter quite so much who he picks as long as he picks somebody who is really strong and really competent. That's it for this news bonus. You can always hear our news bonuses as well as our long-form interviews with all the most interesting and consequential people in the criminal legal system sphere by going to our website, That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com. It's all there along with our other features. We are a listener-supported service. Please support us by going to patreon.com slash criminalinjustice. And for those of you who have already done that, I thank you. I'm David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time. 